The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today we're going to have one of those Dr. Carol rants at the news (laughs) kinds of uh, shows. Uh, I'm going to be going through today's headlines and giving, not just ranting, but but giving a psychological perspective on things, um, and uh, you know more than more than just the news itself, but you know what what it means for us really. Um, it's, there are so many. It's a uh, an embarrassment de richesse. There are so many different uh, stories that are that are really that really touch us in different ways. Um, for example, we'll be talking today about the James Holmes trial, where that stands, should somebody be um, put to death if they are mentally ill. We'll talk about the Cecil the Lion and hunting um, lions and hunting in general in Africa. Sandra Bland, uh, the case, the woman who allegedly hanged herself in a jail in Texas, which under really suspicious circumstances, and more. And, uh, of course, we'll mention, talk about the polls, the uh, and the GOP debate coming up this week, this Thursday, um, which I hope you're all, regardless of what political party you're, you're, you belong to, I hope you will plan to watch this. In fact, why don't I start with that? Um, because, you know, this, this whole... Well, anybody who's been listening to this show for a while knows <laughs> that, um, that I just can't wait for Obama's term to be over. Um, and I'm shocked that he hasn't been impeached and that he's still in office. But um, so, uh, you know, it's it's going to be um, a relief. Uh, whoever gets into the White House will hopefully, in any case, I mean, not just whoever, obviously we want the best person, but um, chances are that they are going to be an improvement from what we've had. I just worry that since we have over a year to go, um, Actually, between actually uh, a good year and a half to go, um, that um, there won't be some international crisis between now and then that Obama is going to really, um, really cause disaster to the United States. Because I mean, actually, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking there are already international disasters that we are not. Um, responding well to or taking an active part in from the from the current deal with Iran that that Obama is trying to get through Congress to um, to all all of the other to to the terrorism that is coming closer each day to our shores and so on. Um, but I'm not going to get into all those politics. I, I do want to just um, talk a little bit about 
who the candidates are who will most likely be, at least as of this moment, the top ten, um, according to the polls, who will be in the debate on Thursday night on Fox TV. Um, they are John, Donald Trump, Jeb Bush, Scott Walker, Ben Carson, Mike Huckabee, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Rand Paul, Chris Christie, and John Kasich, or Kasich, I, Kasich, I guess. I um, haven't paid, been paying much attention to him, to tell you the truth. Um, unfortunately, uh, in my opinion, Rick Perry hasn't, so uh, as of the polls that are in so far, this might change, but Rick Perry hasn't made it. Um, he's in 11th place, and they're only taking the top 10 for the primetime debate. But there is going to be a debate on Thursday afternoon um, that will have these remaining candidates. So he presumably will be in that. Um, so one thing, um, Trump so far in, in the latest polls has 23.2%. Uh, which is a huge lead over Jeb Bush with a 12.8% and Walker with a 10.6%. And um, I must say um, that, you know, um, Trump, uh, people really sold him short. I mean, there are so many writers um, and, and commentators are, who made fun of him um, and some, of course, are still making fun of him, but some, you know, have admitted that they were wrong to discount him so quickly. And why is it? Why are people um, so so enamored with Donald Trump? And I, I must admit, I am one of them. And I think that the answer is because, um, yes, he doesn't have the political history uh, experience that most of these other candidates have. And that's, you know, in a way it's a negative and in a way it's a plus. Because why people like him is because he comes right out and says things that um, are shocking and um, unpopular to some. But to many others, he's, he's so refreshing because he's saying things that we really know are true. And nobody has the guts to, to come out and say them. Um, you know, yes, he could. I hope that he has people who, who he's working with before the debate. Um, he is supposedly preparing somewhat, although he has said that he's not a debater. He's someone who gets things done, um, and he's planning to not put the other candidates down, but we'll see what happens in the heat of the moment. That may well be his plan to not... Um, you know, to not put the other people down. But when, they, when the other candidates start putting him down, I think it's going to be kind of difficult for him to stick to that. But it really is just refreshing. I saw an interview, I've seen a bunch of interviews of him, and one of them was about where um, there was some woman lawyer who was against him in a case, and she told the story that he said that he didn't want her, that she said she needed to um, pump her breasts in front of him, and that he said it was disgusting. I mean, but the way that she said it, it made it, it didn't seem like she was going to be pumping her breasts and in front of him. It seemed she told it so that it seemed like she just needed some time, like a break, to, um, to uh, breastfeed. You know, which is very different. And so they were asking him, does he sometimes exaggerate? And he admitted, yes, he sometimes exaggerates a little bit to put a good face on things. So in other words, he's not, um, so far anyway, um, he's not really lying about things. He's giving his opinion, which to some uh, is a breath of fresh air, and to others 
is really obnoxious. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But um, we should not obviously count him out yet. Um, just so you have the details, the uh, the debate is going to be Thursday night, starting at nine Eastern Standard Time. Um, it's going to run two hours. The 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 people who the who the candidates who did not make the top ten, according to the current polls, will have a debate earlier in the day at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for one hour. The uh, the debate is being held in Cleveland. Um, they're going to be televised live. Um, there are currently uh, 17 candidates in the Republican field. And... Um, so we'll see, you know, we, we still have to shake out. But um, I would think that one strategy might be, if Trump stays ahead, would be for him to um, pick someone in the, um, amongst the top ten who e- either um, is similarly high, has a high uh, number in the polls, not not as high as he will have, presumably, but someone who's in the top ten at least, and someone who he is, agrees with the most, and or someone who um, balances him, in other words, who has strengths that he doesn't have, and vice versa. And, um, you know, assuming that he's still able to call the shots, um, it would be good for him to pick someone else who is, uh, as I said, at least in the top ten, so fairly popular, and uh, to make that choice wisely. Okay, now, from the serious to the what might, might seem as ridiculous, um, but uh, I'll explain to you why it isn't ridiculous, um, Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog are getting divorced. Now, I know that this is all a, um, a, a strategy um, from by the Muppets, by um, the TV shows. I mean, there's going to be uh, television. Sh- there's a show, The Muppets, um, this fall. It's going to be on ABC, and of course, there have been movies and so on. Um, the the enterprise is not uh, breaking up, but apparently, the two leading characters are, and this is such a mistake. You know, uh, I don't know whether it's going to be. Uh, whether it's going to be a mistake for ratings, they're hoping apparently not. They're hoping to bring some more new characters in and so on to keep to keep the interest in the Muppets alive. But why this is a big mistake from a psychiatrist's viewpoint is that so many kids all over this country, all over the world for that matter, um, are suffering from um, the impact of their parents getting divorced. And um, a lot of these characters that have been around for a long time um, are, are characters that are uh, comforting to them. You know, Miss Piggy and, and, and um, Kermit are lovable characters. And to have these lovable characters that have served to bring solace to a lot of kids um, when they're in their rooms, you know, crying or feeling sad about their own parents' divorce, uh, now even <laughs> even Miss Piggy and Kermit can't keep it together. So they, you know, they the Muppets um, have thought it was really cute to um, have a, uh, uh, a put, to put on social media um, this announcement, you know, which of course is is. Uh, similar to what a lot of celebrities do who are 
uh, divorcing. So this is what Miss Piggy wrote, supposedly, on, on social media. She wrote, after careful thought, thoughtful consideration, and considerable squabbling, Kermit the Frog and moi have made the difficult decision to terminate our romantic relationship. We will continue to work together on television, and then they plug the show, um, and in all media now known or, her, or hereafter devised in perpetuity throughout the universe. However, our personal lives are now distinct and separate, and we will be seeing other people, pigs, frogs, et al. She wrote this on Facebook. This is our only comment on this private matter unless we get the right offer. Thank you for considering. Now, of course... Um, that's a spoof on what celebrities do, you know. But, um, but it's just, it was really done without anyone thinking about or caring about, if, even if they thought about it. It was obviously enough care um, was not put into what impact uh, this Kermit and um, Miss Piggy divorce would have on kids who loved them and kind of counted on them to, uh, to, to cheer them up to give them a sense that the world isn't totally a horrible, uncontrollable place. Well, we need to take a break now. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. When we come back, we're going to talk about James Holmes and the lions and so on. Uh, So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about the headlines and going behind them to talk about, uh, well, to rant and to give you a more in-depth look um, from a psychiatric perspective. So here's one. <laughs> the lion. Um, the Cecil the lion. I'm sure you've heard about that to some degree. Um, Cecil the lion is a favorite lion, or was a favorite lion, in Zimbabwe. And um, he, unfortunately, um, after living a respected and respectable life in Zimbabwe, being a, a favorite, 
um, and being by his special coloring and and so on, um, he was killed by a Minnesota dentist. <laughs> I mean, seriously, <laughs> what an <laughs> what a terrible end. Um, Walter Palmer, who is MIA by the way, um, because he is being looked for by various authorities. Uh, the Zimbabwe government wants him to be extradited so that they can try him. Um, and he apparently finally had a, um, a representative, you know, which probably means his lawyer, um, finally made contact with um, some of the authorities who were looking for him. I mean, I guess they figured he figured he couldn't hide out forever, although um, he ha- hasn't been at his practice and he hasn't been, I mean, many people have been, aside from the media um, and the, the authorities, of course, and um, various people who are furious at um, what this man did. Now, he paid approximately $50,000 to go on safari in Zimbabwe uh, to shoot game. And um, both he and the um, people in Zimbabwe who he did business with, the, the hunter who led him on the hunt and the man whose land it was, um, they are in deep trouble too. And so uh, those people are trying to say it's not uh, Dr. Palmer's fault. Um, that they're, well, they're trying to say that it was all legal. And so, therefore, Dr. Palmer wasn't his fault, and it wasn't their fault. It's nobody's fault that Cecil the Lion is dead. But in the meantime, um, they have discovered, the authorities have discovered, that, in fact, Cecil was lured out of um, the private uh, park, game park where he was, and to, uh, to private land, to, well, to land owned by this, this landowner, um, in other words, from a protected land to unprotected land. And um, it was at that point that this Minnesota dentist uh, shot him with a bow and arrow, which seems bizarre, and then um, he, they tracked him until he finally died. I mean, not only was it um, horrible to kill him, but um, in such a way so that he suffered for, I think it was 40 days, I have to look this up, um, but uh, let's see. Um, this is in July. They used animal bait to lure him um, from protected lands to private property. Mr. Palmer, the dentist, wounded him with a bow and arrow, and the lion was then tracked for another 40 hours before Mr. Palmer shot the animal to death. So he had two uh, thrills one with the bow and arrow, and one with a gun. Um, and, and then, of course, there's another, uh, around the same time, although there's a dispute as to exactly what time it was, but there was a, a doctor from Pittsburgh, um, who apparently has been hunting big game around the world for years. His name is Jan Seske. He's a gynecological cancer speci- specialist, and um, he also uh, killed a lion outside um, a national park in Zimbabwe with a bow and arrow and um, on private land near the Zimbabwe National Park. And so far, he hasn't been charged with any crime 
but, you know, it is likely or possible that the, because they're still investigating his more, there are more questions about exactly what happened in his situation, but it is not uh, impossible that the Zimbabwe government would ask for his, him to be um, extradited back to Zimbabwe as well. But, you know, it, he, he this, um, Dr. Seski is, uh, you know, it, it just strikes me, gynecological cancer specialist. So obviously he has seen a lot of death in his patients. He's also the founder of the Allegheny Health Network's Center for Bloodless Medicine and Surgery. I mean, those two things, someone who should have a real appreciation of life, <laughs> Um, I mean, well, all doctors and dentists should, um, but I mean, you know, a, a gynecological cancer specialist and working for bloodless medicine. I mean, certainly his shooting. Well, I don't know how much, I don't know how much blood um, spurted out when he shot the lion with a bow and arrow, but certainly the lion was dead. And uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was his. Uh, Maybe he thought there would be less blood doing it that way or something. But in any case, the way that it works, and I've been to Africa. I've been to Zimbabwe, in fact. Um, and there, the guides that I went on safari at various, um, in South Africa and Zimbabwe and um, um, oh, another one of the countries. Um, and, you know, the, the, there was, the guides would talk to us quite a bit about hunting, um, about how especially Americans, Americans account for over 60% of the hunters um, and the people who bring the carcasses, the remains, the heads um, back, the skin and the heads back to America. I mean, these are trophies. These are men who obviously have small penises because they need to bring big lion heads um, back to America, back to their homes or their offices to prove to the world they are big men. And meanwhile, the population of lions in Africa, and, and not just lions, but other big game um, in Africa as well, and throughout the world, many of these species, although some of them aren't listed yet on the endangered species list, their numbers have gone down precipitously over the years, especially in recent years, and due to game hunters. Now, here's the, imagine it, you know, some rich American... Um, has the money to, to, you know, this is on his bucket list, I guess, um, has the money to go to Africa to prove he's a man. And in Africa, you know, these, these um, hunters or, or guides, safari guides, I mean, you know, it is a, 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 a poor country. And so it's very hard for some of the people um, to t- turn down the kind of big bucks <laughs> that... Um, that in, insecure Americans are willing to spend to hunt uh, these big games. So, you know, they're kind of caught $50,000 is like $50 million here. So, um, you know, it's a whole kind of um, uh, people, people are colluding with each other for their own gains. They each have something to gain. And um, I personally hope that, in fact, they finally find this dentist and um, and the other and Dr. Seski as well, um, and that they do uh, extradite them to Zimbabwe because this needs to be a, a big. They need to be examples for um, for for why this shouldn't be done. I mean, if there were animals where there were if there were situations where animals um, were overpopulated, 
and you had to kill them or else that would, you know, twist the ecosystem and it would be more dangerous for other animals or people or whatever. Or if these lions were, you know, were, had gone into the villages and were endangering, I mean, that wasn't the case. They were on protected lands. And, um, and, you know, of course, the same thing for elephants. Um, one of the things that I did in Africa was to go on an elephant safari, riding elephants into the bush. These elephants are just amazing. And such kind, gentle animals, yes, they can become um, violent if provoked, but not, they generally not towards people. Um, and, and giraffes and uh, all these other beautiful animals who aren't, for the most part, bothering anybody and um, don't deserve to be shot just to become a trophy on somebody's wall. Now, the good news is that um, airlines have um, have um, said a bunch of airlines: Delta, American, United Airlines, South African Air- Airways. Um, let's see, Air France. KLM, Iberia, IAG Cargo, Singapore, Qantas, um, Emirates, Lufthansa, British Airways, they, they have banned the shipments of big game trophies. Now that is super important because if the airlines won't, um, won't allow the people to bring the trophies home, then that kind of ruins, takes away some of the fun. It takes away the boasting part, doesn't take away from, you know, the thrill of the kill for these people, which is really, Unfortunate and gross and sick, um, but but uh, the, unfortunately also though um, UPS is still willing to uh, ship the uh, these trophies, and so it, so you know it, they haven't been banned altogether from being able to come back to the states or to other countries. So um, you know the in the 1940s there were 450,000 lions. Today, there are only 32,000 lions. Now, these are beautiful, beautiful animals. And um, same thing with lots of other big game animals in Africa and other countries. I mean, it's, and it's not like these people who are shooting them are going to eat them. I mean, I'm against hunting altogether, but... But, you know, if, there's, if someone is going to be eating the animals, you can kind of make a, an excuse for that to some degree. But, um, but to just shoot them so that you can, you know, brag about them because you don't feel like you're enough of a man, uh, that, that is disgusting. <laughs> um, the Africa Big Five are lions, elephants, rhinos, leopards, and buffalo. And these are the most sought after by trophy hunters and also the ones who are dwindling the most. The elephant population is unbelievable as far as how much it has dwindled because of people wanting the ivories. Um, it's, just, it's just really sad. Now, when I was in Africa, I went, one, of the, one of the tours that I went on was a walk with the lions. Um, they had lions on this big uh, preserve um, who had not yet been um, out in the wild in terms of being with other animals. They hadn't really learned, um, the, especially the younger ones, hadn't really learned or been experienced with killing. Um, and so you could, well, to a point, you could, you could walk with the lions theoretically, although I must say 
that um, this tour started with a 20-minute lecture on what you're supposed to do. If you, you actually walk in this preserve next to the lions. You touch them. You pet them. I petted them. <laughs> it was very exciting. Um, I don't know why these people can't just pet the lions instead of shoot them. <laughs> but, um, but uh, you know, there are guards around who are supposed to protect you. But in any case, right before you start the tour, um, you get 20 minutes to learn what to do if a lion approaches you. In other words, you have to recognize their body language to see if that means they're going to attack you in some way, and you move a stick this way or that way, or, you know, it's like a crash course in how to protect yourself <laughs> against lions. That wasn't very, um, that was a little disconcerting, but I must admit it was quite a thrill, and I would recommend it to um, everybody to, if you, you know, to, to go to Africa to look at these beautiful animals and not to shoot them. We need to take another break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about the headlines, going behind the headlines, giving my psychological perspective, ranting a bit, and so on. Here's, here's a rant. Um, a rant about the uh, James Holmes trial. Um, I guess I guess what I'm most frustrated about is that um, the psychiatrist, you know, as you know, um, one of the, one of the hats that I wear is as a forensic psychiatrist slash expert witness, and um, I've testified in you know hundreds of civil and criminal cases, including many murder cases. So I, I know. <laughs> I know all about this stuff, basically. And um, it, it was frustrating to watch, to see how the trial went. Um, because first, the, the first big mistake that happened, um, and I know that the defense tried to get the case removed from where it was in Colorado, 
and that didn't fly, and I guess that that's probably their best opportunity for an appeal, um, because putting it, having it in that town was um, near um, where the, the uh, Columbine shootings occurred, near where the theater, of course, the theater shooting occurred, and where the Columbine shootings had occurred it's years ago, um, you have a jury pool where they want revenge. They're out for blood. <laughs> I should call it today. <laughs> oh, this is a bloody, bloody story, bloody show today. Um, they're out for blood. Lion's blood, James Holmes' blood. And because, because they're angry, of course, that, that all the people, you know, it's, this isn't, these aren't big towns, and they're angry that all the kids at, um, in Columbine and all the people in the theater were killed and, hurt and injured. And that's, of course, understandable. So they are going to have a slightly more <laughs> biased um, opinion going into the trial. And, of course, that was another thing. You know, who, who, I know that they went through a large jury pool, but still, who hadn't heard about the James Holmes theater shooting? I mean, you'd have to be under a rock. And if you were under a rock, would you really make a good juror? No. <laughs> so, um, so that was a mistake. But given that that's what the defense had to work with, and I'm certainly not saying that James Holmes should be found, should have been let go. I'm not even really saying that he should have been found um, not guilty. But um, because even though he did, he, he was suffering from a mental illness, um, notably schizophrenia. But you know, and and certainly one could. Could um, there are a lot of people who are responsible for him ultimately going into that theater? Of course, he himself most. But um, you know, the question of whether he knew right from wrong at the moments that he was pulling the trigger really could be debated. Um, but in any case, what was frustrating was that the defense did not really have um, good psychiatric expert witnesses because. Not only did they not really explain the issue of, of you know, how schizophrenia, how a psychosis um, could, in fact, um, make the person not know right from wrong at various stages of what James Holmes did, but, um, but most importantly, they did not make the jury feel any sympathy for him. They did not turn him into a human being. They did not humanize him. Um, and so, so all of their prejudices from the beginning, you know, for, for the killings that had gone down in their neighboring towns, um, was allowed to flourish. The jury was angry. I mean, they, they came in with a verdict of guilty um, one and a half days after the trial concluded. Now, that's not a jury that parcels out and analyzes the facts. And there really would have been a lot to analyze. I mean, you really could debate these things. And um, it would have taken a long time to do that, not one and a half days. So it shows that their, their verdict came from emotion, came from anger, rather than really a careful consideration of these. You know, even if you had 12 psychiatrists in a room talking about this, about whether schizophrenia or in particular James Holmes' um, psychotic illness um, at which points was it interfering with his ability to tell right from wrong? If you could have 12 psychiatrists in there, and they would debate it for days. So um, jury members, 
you know, yes, they saw video and they heard expert testimony and all of that, but certainly they should have, you know, thought about these things more carefully for longer than one and a half days. And then what's really a, a big concern is that now, um, they are, they have voted that the, that the death penalty is still on the table. So, although I might have agreed with his being found guilty, um, you know, that the, that the mental illness didn't interfere sufficiently with his ability to um, know right from wrong, um, certainly he does not deserve the death penalty because there is no question, and, and from all the testimony and from the videos and from everything else, there should be no question that he is, that he was and is mentally ill. And there is something lacking in humanity. I mean, we want to say that he was um, inhuman. I mean, the jury, let's say, wants to say that he was inhuman or that his, um, that his crime outweighs uh, mental illness, that, that what he did was so deplorable that it outweighs any mitigating factors like mental illness. But really, um, how horrible or deplorable is killing a man who... What has been um, plagued throughout his life, or at least starting in his early, um, they they estimated that it started at about twelve. I mean, he was he inherited a genetic predisposition to mental illness, um, and then it started flourishing around twelve. Um, you know how how humane um, would that be? What does that say about us as a society that we are willing to put to death? A person who was inflicted, you know, he didn't choose <laughs> to be mentally ill, um, and yet we're going to put him to death. I mean, what he needs is to be imprisoned for the rest of his life and to get treatment, and, um, and that's, that's that. Um, yes, it was horrible. His crime was horrible, but, um, but we would be um, making, making a worse crime by, by saying that it's okay to put someone with severe mental illness. We're not talking about, um, you know, he was a little depressed or um, he had ADHD or, you know, some um, more, not a psychosis, in other words, some more minor um, psychological problem. We're talking about severe, severe mental illness, as has been documented by his own writings, by by um, his, the videos of him in jail and so on. And, of course, um, his psychiatrist uh, is to blame as well. I mean, I, she, in my opinion, has not yet gotten her, own, her enough pun- or any punishment. You know, there is a case against her. Um, and malpractice, it, sh- it should be malpractice and wrongful death. Um, malpractice for not having uh, hospitalized him. What he did start telling her that he had these fantasies of killing other people. She should have seen that he was dangerous enough. She she saw that he was dangerous enough to. Uh, she alerted some uh, security, but um, and she apparently called his parents, but she never told the parents that he had these fantasies of killing people. And really, she should have, it was her responsibility, not security, but it was her responsibility to decide that he was a danger to others if, and also a danger to himself, but certainly a danger to others, and to hospitalize him. End of story. If he would have been hospitalized at the first time that he told her some of these thoughts, um, we wouldn't have had this tragedy. Not to mention that she obviously wasn't seeing him um, frequently enough and carefully enough, you know, and it's the whole uh, psychiatrist thing of, 
uh, too many psychiatrists, not me, <laughs> but too many psychiatrists is seeing patients once a month or once, you know, not, not, he should have been seen like three times a week so she could get a handle on what was going on with him. And he should have been on different medication, uh, medication that would have held this in check. And most of all, most importantly, she should have hospitalized him against his will, committed him. Um, put him on a 72-hour hold, and and none of that was done. And what's sad, too, is, you know, apparently the story that has been coming out is that he, he was, as they wrote, once a cute, happy little boy from a doting family, a nice kid who was gentle with his dog and his baby sister. He had piano lessons, soccer practice, neighborhood birthday parties, um, he was, this is, he was, this was growing, he grew up, started to grow up in North, Northern California. Um, he did well in school, he played that basketball, and went to the beach, camping, Disneyland, family gatherings, neighborhood parties, etc. When he was in fifth grade, um, he and his classmate, because they finished their assignments, built a website for the school in fifth grade. Um, but by middle school, um, he became one of the top five players in the world, in the world, on Warcraft 3. Well, <laughs> duh. <laughs> I mean, that's it. You know, um, he apparently, when they moved um, to, when, when they moved um, from Northern California to the San Diego area, um, then he, he, that was when he, uh, you know, when he, Things went south. Um, he didn't really have friends. He was having trouble fitting in. Um, and he was, by then, obsessed with Warcraft 3. Now, what happens with Warcraft 3, what do you learn in any of these violent video games, is to become violent and to become a shooter yourself. And that was when he was starting to withdraw um, into his room. I mean, it was just like Sandy Hook. I don't know how many times, how many more cases we have to have of these same situations where kids start out with seemingly normal, relatively normal um, childhoods until they get into playing video games. Um, they start having some other problems um, and, and they, they feel themselves off more and more in order to avoid having these other problems or escape from other problems into the video games. That becomes their world. Warcraft 3 was his world, and he created a Warcraft 3, so to speak, uh, in the movie theater on July 20th, 2012, when he killed 12 people, wounded 70, and, um, you know, I don't hear very much being talked about in regard to that, um, in regard to how these, how these video games, and particularly that video game, um, warped his mind. Now, he had, you know, there certainly were also problems from his parents um, uh, to some degree. You know, he had, uh, he, his father was a mathematician, uh, quiet, analytical, um, also socially awkward. His mother was uh, very stoic. She um, frowned on weakness. So it would have made, a, made it hard for him to go to her and talk to her about some of the problems that he was having with his friends. Um, or lack of friends. And then, of course, when it came closer to the actual crime, um, his girlfriend broke up with him, and he was not doing well in school. And, it, you know, it all um, it cascaded it, 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 and, became, and became this shooting spree. Um, but, but he certainly does not deserve the death penalty for it. Well, we need to take another break. Time is going quickly. <laughs> I guess I have a lot to say. 
You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, uh, talking with you today about the headlines going behind them, uh, talking about some of the outrageous things that are going on in our world. Uh, here's, here's another outrageous thing. Sandra Bland, she is uh, the young woman who allegedly hanged herself in a Texas jail, except it seems very, very suspicious, um, the circumstances. Her family is now filing a lawsuit um, because they don't believe that she killed herself. They believe that um, she was killed, and um, that is not a far-fetched belief. Um, If you look at the video, there are a few videos um, of her arrest, um, you will see that there was, you can see already that there was a miscarriage of justice or an abuse of power, I should say, by this Texas state trooper, Brian Encinia, um, who who arrested her. Um, You know, it starts out... She supposedly made, well, first of all, she was going to um, report to her job. She had just, she's from Illinois, and she was just going to start a job um, uh, working as a student outreach at Prairie View A&M University, which was her alma mater. Um, she had gotten, she had gone down for an interview and gotten the job, and she was supposed to start the job, um, actually, her, her start date was um, two days after she died, so she, but she was going to the university, you know, as part of the um, beginning to, uh, I don't know, getting oriented or whatever, whatever she had to do there before she started her job te- uh, uh, formally. And so the, the, the police camera um, catches an, the officer stopping her, stopping her car, and the first thing he says to her is um, put out that cigarette. Well, apparently, um, Sandra Bland didn't want to put out the cigarette, 
And that it went downhill from there um, because the more she was asking questions, um, you know, like as soon as she didn't want to put out her cigarette, he insisted that she get out of the car. And he said, if you don't get out of the car, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, if you don't get out of the car, I'm going to pull you out of the car. So soon after, we see him literally pulling her out of the car. Now, this is for a, a, a failure, to, an alleged failure to change lanes or failure to signal that she's going to change lanes. Stop. Um, no real reason to pull her out of the car except that he was getting more and more angry that she wasn't just saying yes, sir, no, sir. Um, and that she didn't want to put out her cigarette. And you can see, as the confrontation goes on, the more that she is challenging his authority, the more angry he gets. And um, he's someone who should be going on, <laughs> not who should be, but I mean who you might find on lion hunting in Africa um, to prove he's a big man. Um, so he gets more and more irate, and becomes more and more physical, pushes her down into the ground, pushes her head into the ground. Um, she tells him she has epilepsy. Um, now, of course, she was, uh, you know, she, she was continuing to, to confront him because she was getting angrier, too, as he was doing all these things that were, were uh, an abuse of power, excessive force, she was getting angrier. She was calling him a pussy, you know, and demeaning him and, and uh, uh, telling him, well, telling him the truth that, you know, he was doing all this to her to show that he was uh, a big man or had more power over her or words to that effect. And so, um, so finally, okay, she gets put in jail. Um, and they put her in a jail and, um, and, oh, she even says, and you could tell that she's purposely saying these things to, to make a record of it, which was very smart of her. She said, you just slammed my head into the ground. Um, do you not even care about that? I can't even hear. Um, so she, you know, she's hopefully, she's trying to make a record of what's going on for the, for the video. So um, she, they put her in jail and, uh, for resisting arrest. And um, now, unfortunately, it took a while for the family to post bail, which was only $500. I mean, it was $5,000. I think the bail was $5,000, which would have meant $500, you know, they would have had to come up with. And um, it it took a little while uh, for that to happen. And they're saying that it had to do with communication. They were expecting to get a call back from her, and they never got that. Now, you know, was that because the jail was preventing her from calling back? Anyhow, um, the next call that they got was about her her alleged suicide. Um, what's What's interesting is that um, inside her jail cell, they left garbage bags and cords. Now, I've gone to jail many times to evaluate um, prisoners for, you know, for to be their defense uh, psychiatric expert at their trial. And um, I have never really heard of, unless we're talking about a much, you know, more, um, a much, a, a better level or, a, uh, you know, a, a, level, a level where people are getting privileges or whatever. There's no reason for a garbage bag, bag and cords to be in her jail cell. So, you know... <laughs> I mean, there's obviously a cover-up here, um, or if there wasn't, were they, try, were they provoking her to use the garbage bags and the cords to commit suicide? Because that's what they're, you know, they're saying that she hanged herself. Um, 
Now, unfortunately, um, there was a a a, um, a video that she put had put up, but it was in March, um, saying that she let's see. Um, she here. She had she had posted a video in in March um, saying I'm suffering from something because she was apologizing for not posting a video for a while. I'm suffering from something that some of you all may be dealing with right now. I'm a little bit of depression. It's a little bit of depression as well as PTSD. I've been really stressed out over these past couple of weeks, but that does not excuse me not keeping my promise to you all by letting you all know that somebody cares about you, somebody loves you, and that you can go out there and do great things. Um, she was somewhat of an activist, which is why, you know, um, including being concerned about all of, you know, the racism of cops, all the shootings, the recent cop shootings and so on of black people. So, um, yes, I didn't mention that. Sandra Bland, I, mean, I guess I was assuming everybody knows, Sandra Bland is black, and the officer who stopped her was white. Not that, that, not that that's the only, you know, these things only happened with black officers, I mean, with, black, with white officers and black um, people who are apprehended. But in any case, this was, okay, she wrote that March 1st. This was July she was very excited about starting her new job. She had spoken to people um, beforehand. She had sp- even spoken uh, to people while she was in the jail. Um, she was not depressed. You know, this is an activist woman who would not have wanted um, to, you know, would, would not really have had, I mean, it would have been... <laughs> She would have been more concerned with making her point, with getting out, being bailed out, and making her point against this police officer. In fact, she talks about that, about um, how she can't wait to when he's when he's going after her after he stops her. She talks about, I can't wait till this gets to court. You know what you're doing is is just like so outrageous, or um, I can't wait for this to go to court. And she would have wanted that to be able to tell her story in court. So the fact that she was supposedly depressed enough to commit suicide in her jail cell with these um, with these bags, garbage bags, and cords just happened to be <laughs> hanging around there is incredibly suspicious and really not likely. And and especially when you can see that the there was excessive force and what he did was really wrong. And and um, they would have wanted to protect uh, this officer. They would have wanted to protect. Um, you know, the same kind of mentality could well have been have been going on in the jail cell. Perhaps they didn't put the bag over her head and tie the cord, although I think that's, it's, there's a strong possibility that somebody did uh, from the jail. But, um, but, but they could have prompted her, they could have tortured her in other ways that ultimately did cause her to do it herself. So all of this needs to be really looked into. And... Um, I hope when you I hope when you read the news or hear the news um, that you don't just you know take things at face value. Read a bunch of articles, listen to a bunch of radio shows, watch a bunch of television shows. Try to get behind the scenes. You know, don't take the, the it's, it's not the sound bites. Don't tell the whole story. And you really need to try to look at these things um, from all of these different points of view and make up your own mind. So that's my advice. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.